Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to yet another episode of the Chronic Nirvana podcast. Today, we're joined by Cham Guria. Welcome to the show, man. Namaste. 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 It's a pleasure yeah, to have Namaste. you. And I'm sitting all squatted up because don't even ask me why. This is a yoga-based podcast. Yeah, and you, have to, you have to go with the flow. And exactly. Yeah. You know, and then once, my, once this gives in, I'm going to go back to normal. See? <laughs> so, <laughs> there's that, man. Um, so, Chan, you took your first yoga class when I was around at that Bhakti Lounge retreat. And, you know, I met Chan through Bhakti Lounge. The same thing that we discussed with Sanjana a couple of podcasts ago. Yeah. And... Um, that was your first yoga class and back then you told me that you know you you had been to Rishikesh and you were certified in in you know as to be a yoga master that was okay. me teaching my first yoga class to a group of people okay um, I've never taught before that was my first time teaching and right. I felt confident because this was before Rishikesh no, this was after Rishikesh I came back and we had that retreat yeah. mm-hmm. and I was even before that, I felt like I've been for enough yoga classes in the past couple of years to understand the asanas and movements and your know, teaching cues. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was comfortable to teach um, after training as well, a group of people and just, yeah. So where did that come in from you? Like, I mean, um, a little bit about your past. I mean, obviously we know a bit. So why don't you tell these guys what you used to do and, yeah. you know, what kind of got you onto this path of being a yoga master and like, you know, especially going to Rishikesh all the way, man. That's, yeah, that's like, that is that next level of certification, yeah. you know, like people like me and him can't be fucked to do that. <laughs> you have, like, to, do you you have you? to go. Yeah. If you've not been, you have to go. It's beautiful. Man. Yeah. So where exactly is it? Uh, Rishikesh. Yeah. Um, in India. <laughs> oh, <not> really? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I meant like, you know, uh, which uh, state? Yeah. yeah. It's Rishikesh is in Uttarakhand, I believe. Okay. Oh, they grow some fine fucking weed over there. <laughs> so now my yoga journey started um, maybe three or four years ago. Yeah. I I started going for yoga class with my sister. She was right. into Bikram yoga, okay. hot yoga in a room. Yeah. You're in Dubai, you want to go to a room that's four degrees Celsius <laughs> to practice yoga. I thought yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Wait, right. did you say four degrees? 40. All right. 40 yeah, yeah, yeah. You just go outside. Um, so I went for a couple of classes. I got yeah. hooked. Yeah, and that was my first entry into asana yoga. Yeah. Okay. After that, one thing led to another. I tried a YouTube yoga challenge for nice. beginners. Yeah. Right. And this was three or four four years ago, and one thing led to another, and you just keep going up and improving your practice and learning so much more, not yeah. just about asana but the spiritual side of things as well. Yeah. As you mm-hmm. read more books about yoga, about yeah. spirituality. Um. So this was yoga. Um, asana, not even yoga. Asana, four years ago. Yeah. What's the difference? What yoga is, is what is yoga? Yoga literally means comes from this root word yog in Sanskrit. Mm-hmm. It means to yoke or join. Okay. It's yoga is the joining. Wait, did you say joint? But yeah. uh, it's a union of your your mind, yeah. your body, and your spirit. Okay. It's not just yeah. doing like downward dog and upward dog and all that crazy stuff yeah. it is a part of it no doubt um so that that was years ago but then a year and a half ago i was introduced to the spirit two years ago for 28 years of my life i was atheist or maybe not atheist agnostic i did okay. not believe I in a religion I sort of stuff, but you right? believe there was something i was a re- rebel Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, towards against like religion against yeah. any spiritual practices 
my mom every day go downstairs join your hands durge baba in the mandir yeah. i'm like i ain't doing that yeah. it makes yeah. no sense to me why would i ever do that it's yeah. dumb. i think a lot of people would relate to that yeah, yeah. so this was yeah. 28 years of my life i had no yeah. faith no yeah. belief in anything yeah um but then i started reading um the first books i started reading by ac bhakti vedanta prabhupad swami yeah the founder of iskon um dvaita like you we were speaking about hinduism dvaita advaita different schools of thought yeah so his books were the first i read and just his simple way of writing um speaking about the soul um the afterlife the journey of everything that we're going through right now yeah it just clicked to me and my eyes opened mm-hmm. so overnight maybe even or no, overnight over a couple of weeks or months i started having belief in something higher than what we have here on this earth yeah um so yeah i literally found god like 2 years ago so when you when you talk about finding god right and this is the this is one of those concepts i'm really trying to understand which is um so earlier you said you were a rebel right and you were agnostic mm-hmm. but agnostic doesn't necessarily mean that you don't believe in a Anything. god you don't believe in a structure of worshiping that god in a religion or, Or, or just the concept of worship in general. Again, this yeah. is something we've talked about, like in the past, in in a couple of podcasts. Yeah. Which is again, my current stance, and I'm not saying this can't be changed. And the whole idea of having these podcasts is to have different points of view, which could potentially even change that. Right. That's what yeah. I've kept my mind open. Hundred percent. Like you know, if you have ones. like a certain set, of, like me personally, like I say so many things, but I'm not bound to it. Exactly. You know? I, I'm yeah. willing to you know accept. That what what are the different other perspectives yeah. and what how those perspectives can yeah. help maybe 100%. shape yours no i won't even yeah. say change your perspective yeah. just shape yours so this current phase that i'm in mm-hmm. right you might be able to relate to it is the part where i'm not religious i'm also kind of in that rebel phase like i can't be fucked to worship like yeah. if you tell me to pray or worship i'll be like i can't be fucked to but if you tell me to meditate like you know i was reading this excerpt from a book yesterday which is mm-hmm. talking about how people project their consciousness and their thoughts and their energy yeah. Yeah. right yeah. and humans are like antenna like you know we can yeah. pick up those signals right mm. i think all that shit's like possible right like you yeah. i don't know if i can scientifically prove it right that's yeah. and but it may exist i have to be open to that but that has nothing to do with religion like i can sit down meditate and you know project positive thoughts like you know like those people yeah. did in avatar to see if some shit can actually happen yeah. but you know I feel like that is probable. People sitting in, yeah. you know, a room and meditating. But I don't know what that has to do with worship per se. So now, when you tell me that you found God, right? Mm. Is that concept of worship something that you do now compared to what you didn't do earlier, or how does it work? Now, when I say I found God, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean I found something Jesus. on the external. Yeah. You say a religion? Fuck religion. Okay. Fuck Hinduism. Yeah. Fuck um, Christianity. Don't complete that sentence. Let us divide. Let us divide. I can't say these things, but forget religion. Um, what do you believe in? Have I think it's important to have faith in something. Yeah. If not, if not something outside of you in a, a godhead or like yeah. uh, an idol. Yeah. It's understandable in new age. Like we live in a new age where we need to see to believe. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. And we can't see. Yeah. We're yeah. never going to see. So if you can't believe on something, if you can't believe in something on the outside, what can you believe in? Inside. You can believe in you on the inside, yeah. on on the self. Hundred percent. If Is you, that if you start believing in the self, 
Yeah, that's good enough. You don't need to absolutely. You don't need to be yeah. following like other religions. So this is where you find like that God, the aspect of God being present in people. So when you say you may believe in God, but yeah. if you believe in the fact that this God exists in yeah. everyone, yeah. you're so, believing yeah. in yourself yeah, and you can, others. You can call it God. You can call it higher real reality. You can call it um, the unlimited. The yeah. like whatever. The Advaita is that the right word? What's that? Advaita. Advaita is a school of thought. We'll get into that. Okay. But yeah, you can believe in all these things. Even the self is considered self with a capital S. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, like man, you won't believe. Like I was actually having this conversation with Nikhil when he came over to my house a couple yeah. of days ago, and I don't remember what it was related, but uh, I think it was Karl Marx who said uh, that there's two schools of people: uh, ones who believe in something else and ones who believe in themselves. And mm-hmm. like every person can be dissected into you know these two schools of thought. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that because it's a completely different perspective from like a psychologist, for example, mm-hmm. who. Probably hasn't done yoga. Yeah, you never know. But Karl Marx is brilliant. And yeah. No, he's right. Um, the mandala was that him as well? I can't oh, be sure. Okay, I can't be sure. Call yeah. Sanjana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, so you were saying about finding God and yoga, and how does yoga tie into finding, you know, the belief? So yoga, I said, is a union of your mind, body, and spirit. Your belief, yeah. uh, shraddha, is belief in Sanskrit. Yeah. Faith in something else. Yeah. Not actually something else in something. Yeah. It could be yourself. Now we go into different schools of thought in Hinduism. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Dva- Dvaita, which is Dvai, Dvayam is two, mm-hmm. uh, which literally means there's you and there's another, okay. a higher. Is that yeah. duality? Yes. Okay. It's du- it's exactly, it's duality. Yeah. 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 Um, then there's Advaita. A means not. Dvaita, not two. Yeah. So single. No, Advaita yeah. is there is just one. Yeah. You are that. Yeah. Tatvam asi. You are that eternal, mm-hmm. unlimited consciousness. It's all. It all comes yeah. down to consciousness also. Yeah. Yeah. So there's different. There's no wrong school. You can't prove. Right. You can't prove any anything wrong. It's impossible. Yeah. But there's just different routes to get to the same end goal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, different parts, different religions, yeah. they all lead to the same yeah. right. final point. So, during the time that you found yourself, uh, how long? Sorry, sorry. Uh, Chan, would you? I just noticed that the voice signals from you are a little bit low. Do you mind just moving a little bit? Sure. Inside? I'm so sorry about that. Uh-huh. Sorry, Nick. It's picking yeah. up now. Uh, say something. Better. Yeah. Better. Okay. So, um, so I want to delve into this, right? How did this school of thought, which is Dvaita or Advaita, hmm. how did that impact a belief system? Because, you know, again, it, ju- it just comes back to saying, how can those belief systems change where you are right now? Like, for example, I don't know if I'd consider myself so far gone like, oh, absolutely freaking atheist or whatever. But, yeah. like, yeah. again, it just comes down to me having a perspective. And I want to see how this might have impacted you to see if, you know, hey, can that impact happen in my life or can a similar school of thought help did, shape my sure. belief system? Brilliant yeah. question. It did change my belief system slightly, but again, same path, same goal. Yeah. Um, the, my introduction was through Dvaita, through ISKCON, where I believed in something, believed in the soul, yeah. believed in up the afterlife or yeah. reincarnation. reincarnation. Um, but then once I started getting into Advaita, through Vedanta, I started understanding understand the concepts of karma, of dharma, of a much broader concept of 
life as it is. Okay. Vaita, I, I was in it for a while, and then it got a bit to me because ISKCON is all about worshipping Krishna, 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 Krishna. Yeah. Okay. All the supporters sing Hare Krishna, Hare Rama, like, they mostly focus only on bhakti, yeah. which is pro professing love to God, to a higher. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that, that's great. Mm -hmm. It's about what works for whom, right? Yeah, right. exactly. But I found a route where there was more asking questions, more knowledge, more jnan, and through asking questions, you're, you're gonna get answers. You don't get, you, you don't get answers just by singing the Lord's name. Yeah. It might not be satisfying enough for everyone. It might be for some people, but yeah. for me, I found something else that made me go deeper. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, what, what do you find when you went deeper? Like, was it like because of your? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. Yeah. Unfiltered. I've got a fucked up. I've got a fucked up mind. Edit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, so like you know when you I'm just imagine some graphics like floating by the screen. Yeah. You guys like are, you guys are crazy. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. No, uh, but yeah. like so like basically when you went deeper, like mm. I totally understand and I totally believe the same thing as you. Yeah. Like for some people, like a very surface, not a surface belief. But like, you know, a very lateral form of worship in the yeah. sense that, you know, you glorify this, you get the answers you want, satisfy some people. And for some people, they are so like wrapped in not self-doubt, I would say, like, mm -hmm. you know, they want to know more. It's mm -hmm. like critical thinking and like, you know, they just want the, like more of an answer. And I guess like each people, each person is wired a different way. So like when you dove deeper, how exactly did you do it and what did you learn? Easy. Right. <laughs> Easy question. Dirty bastard, man. Um... <laughs> um <laughs> The guru, yeah. a guru, what does guru mean? Uh, gu is darkness, ru is light. So someone that takes you from darkness to light. I do not know. That, that takes you out of ignorance. Yeah. That okay. you, don't, you don't know what's going on. The guru will guide you in the right direction towards the light or wherever. Yeah. Um, so I came across a very good teacher of mine mm -hmm. who has guided me for the, this past one year. Okay. Who learned? Introducing um, Uncle Lavesh, I don't, you won't know him. Okay. Yeah, but he's part of the Chinmaya mission, okay. which is again um, Advaita Hinduism. Yeah. Just like Sadhguru's Isha Foundation, mm -hmm. that's also Advaita. Okay. And there's so many, there's so many missions, so many yeah. Ramakrishna mission, hundreds of missions out there. Yeah. And so many teachers as well. Yeah. So a guru, a teacher can take you to the next level. Yeah. There's only so much you can do when you try looking for the answers yourself. You try Googling, you try going to temples and through um, excursions and mountains. You can only learn so much. Yeah. But sometimes you need a guru, a so someone else mm -hmm. to point you in the right. Not that you need and not that you should go looking for a guru. The guru comes and finds you whenever yeah. you need it the most. Okay. Yeah. It happens. Can you give me the form of like... Anyone, right? anyone or anything. Right. Animals. Your parents are gurus because they're teachers. But you found so him that uncle. Yeah. In a broad concept, anyone who teaches you is a guru. Right. Your high school yeah. teacher is a guru. Right. Right. But um, my guru, Uncle Lavesh, he put me on this path and I still do classes with him every week. Yeah. And the conversations we have in our group of like 30, 30 40 people, yeah. it's incredible, you know. The, the stuff yeah. we learn. 
Fair the enough. text we go through, like you, yeah. you mentioned the Rig Veda. Yeah. We've not looked into that yet, but we're looking at Tattva Bodha and the Gita and other books by Swami Chinmananda. Yeah. So it's a beautiful journey. That's amazing. Uh, I, I just had one question. Uh, like, you know, I didn't want to, like, would you abstract the conversation before? But like, um, so basically, like all these texts and all the yoga and all that stuff, it um, is it does it come from Vedic texts or does Hinduism like you know is Hinduism the spawn of this? Like, what is the first thing that came? Was it the Vedas or was it Hinduism? Vedas are ancient texts from five thousand years old. Yeah. Before the idea of Hinduism, yeah, came the Vedas, these texts. Uh, they weren't even texts, they were just um, ideas, hymns and songs passed down okay. by rishis, yeah. uh, sages. Rishi is someone yeah. who can see. Rishis are people who sit in meditation for months, years on end, and just close their eyes and like focus. They look within. Mm -hmm. yeah. And these rishis have also claimed to have heard the sound Om. When you go so deep in meditation, it's this universal substratum sound yeah ohm yeah so these guys have compiled things that's the thing there's no founder of hinduism yeah, yeah. there's no one person that said oh i'm going to create hinduism and the in whole fact way. this is the whole thing that the video that you showed me right it was a really cool video like i'll put it up in the description but um like yeah like you know around five thousand years ago there's obviously like there was no concept of you know there's no label put to it, right? Yeah. And how back then the concept was basically Santana Dharma and... Santana Dharma, it literally means eternal consciousness. Yeah, it was a way of life. Like, you know, there was no label that you're this, it, this is it. Like, even within yeah. that, there were people who did their own things, you know? Yeah. Like, you'd find seven followers of Shiva doing their own thing in seven different ways. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, it just came down to the name coming from that Indus Valley thing, it was called. Yeah. The Indus Valley civilization. That's how India's, India's got its name, right. Hindustan. It's a label and a construct when in reality it doesn't need to exist. Like that whole, like this whole thing can exist without that tagline Tag of Hinduism. Line, yeah, yeah. Is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That that you know I don't need to call myself a Hindu to ah, especially to adhere in, to the especially you know, in this day, some, especially, some other especially in this day and age. You say Hinduism, you say any religion, yeah. you're labeled as a fanatic automatically by people. Yeah. Yeah, like, like and even that, it's 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 what's caused wars. Religion has yeah. caused wars. Yeah, constantly. it's caused deaths, billions, hundreds of millions of deaths yeah. is caused I, by religion in I the think, past. Yeah. So like, now to say I'm uh, religious or I believe in a set of rules or yeah. beliefs, people think you're crazy because yeah. how can you be religious? It's yeah. done all this damage to the earth. I think this ties up with the thing that we were talking before, like you know, people who uh give so much importance to worshiping that god when it's questioned by another set of beliefs that they have like obviously it's the same concept you know you love a certain yeah. a deity or like a certain belief system and if it's challenged by another yeah. the people lose like you know they are so scared of losing their faith that I'm they try right. to end the other one i'm right you're wrong I exactly you <laughs> exactly and it's literally the same thing that's what's so funny about the, it and it's that like, existed even within so-called hinduism like yeah, you know back in exactly. Like in South India, the whole like yeah, Shaivites and Vaishnavites are at each other's speaking throats. We have like, over two hundred thousand gods or something yeah. in India. So yeah. can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. the the <laughs> divide would be real. Like so, which is what I want to do again. So now addressing this whole um, construct of Hinduism. So I spoke to Nankumar uncle. Now anything I say after this point is just an interpretation. So Nankumar uncle, Sanjana, anyone who's watching this, 
like if i have taken something out of context feel free to let me know and i will yeah. correct those statements i have absolutely no problem doing so um but i brought up this topic with nan kumar uncle in one of those bhakti lunch classes i mm-hmm. told him can we discuss what these two things mean right and his which two things are right daita na daita so i told so his answer was um there is there are things that are real there are things that are illusions right and we need to be it's going to take years for you to understand what might be real and what might be an illusion so yeah. he he's like what is dvaita like it means a belief in two types of beings one is you one is a higher power he's like okay what is advaita like means there's only one being then he's like okay how did advaita come like for there to be like dvaita means the duality and advaita in its root no the root of that is yeah. like not dvaita so he's like so for there to be not dvaita they had to be dvaita if you guys are following my that yeah. this is that's what he said right sure now i was like cool cuz you know that's how shit exists like in reality it's so weird right cuz you're talking yeah. about how advaita might be is about everything being i guess interconnected like everything just being one whole right mm-hmm. versus him saying that it's still the opposite of something so you're saying things are one whole but you're saying that there are two things again like you get you get where I'm yeah, no, I, I get what it's you're saying it's a pretty mind fuck of a concept yeah but i don't think they're the same thing like they're I, not it's one is something and the other is yeah. not not something so like consciousness can be it seems like it could be divided into like i i'm speaking just from like pure interpretation i don't know anything but it seems like the concept uh like you know when you when you see something that's real you know yeah. everything in this universe is forms one body everything forms like everything outside of yourself mm-hmm. is one thing and everything inside is not that outside yeah you know but it came down to him saying that um when i asked him i'm like can't there be multiple truths like it doesn't have to be like we had this conversation it's not you know not like everyone's truth can't be the same like for example if we break this down right like if uh if dvaita philosophy or like you know iskon for example like from your experiences is centered around bhakti which is the love of god if they think that that is the one key answer to everything i might be wrong is that their version of the answer like hey any problems you have your love for god can overcome that that's the philosophy it's, it's right that path it's two different paths it's normally different path yeah, yeah. um i really respect nankumar prabhu i think he's a great teacher um i've learned a lot from him as well yeah but in essence it's different paths which path are you so he to? said that there there's i when so i put the point that you know multiple people like people can have different perspectives of like it's the same truth doesn't stand true for everyone right that's what i told that's what i theorized to him saying that how could it possibly be humanly possible to have just one single solution to everything like for yeah. daksha his truth can be diff- his perception of the truth could be different from my perception of the truth and you know that's how life works and so you've got to propagate people i mean you've got to propagate the belief that you can find your truth in different ways two people can have the same problems yeah. right but the same solution might not work out for both those people no. and like you know that's the theory i put, i think put i think you're looking at but, this like laterally 100% i completely agree with you but uh like when you look at dualism and non-dualism i don't think they're separate things and like you know it's like one is right and one like you know yeah, for of one course person. no no of course they're not i think they like, tie into the same concept they no? do yeah they it's do it's like, just about like respecting the fact that you know hey yeah. you can find love 
by oh, saying yeah. the Lord's name, and yeah, I respect that. But yeah. might yeah. not work for me, like yeah. you know, and like that needs to be addressed. You can't tell someone it yeah. doesn't work for that. You gotta do this. This will work in the end, like you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, like devil's advocate argument over here. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. But if that was done, only then would people realize that it's not the way, right? If like if somebody was there who needed that bhakti to work, right? Yeah. If a bhakti oriented person, you wouldn't know if he wasn't a bhakti oriented person unless you ram. Like you're not driving. Oh yeah, obviously. Uh, uh, actually, that, yeah, yeah, it's about like trying and seeing what works. Like you yeah, actually tried seeing, both, yeah. and you saw. Yeah, hey, did this work for me? Absorb as much as you can. Because yeah. um, we, when I spoke to this was a very recent conversation at Sansar, like mm-hmm. you know, she told me about how Iskon is a place that is like welcome people from different walks of life, and people find that one, like people who were born in say Czechos, like Czechoslovakia, African Slovenia, they come yeah. through and they find yeah. peace and. Yeah. They oh, find you've seen the videos on YouTube of them singing and dancing in Belgium. Yeah, they, know, they find the world. it's amazing. It's they beautiful. find solutions. They f- for them that solution worked. That yeah. that bhakti solution worked, right? Yeah. And then there's just some people, misfits like me, who, for whom <laughs> that kind of like just us. straight bounces off yeah. of like you know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so for you, you found peace or you found that solution through the Advaita side, or how much of a role did this Advaita philosophy play in your? Advaita got me to believe in something. Okay. Advaita got me to understand, start understanding everything happening around me. Beautiful. So you've actually benefited from both sides. Like both of them have actually contributed. So that's yeah. an amazing yeah. perspective to have because yeah. you're, you're kind of acknowledging both and you're, you're taking what works for you from both sides. Right? In the end, it's best to acknowledge everything. Yeah. Um, every religion, every race. Yeah. And um, that's the only way to be, I think. 100%. To acknowledge and accept everything and everyone. Yeah. Very well put. Like I'm, I'm the same. Like you know, I feel like everything forms a, you know, it's just one piece of the puzzle. Like any religion you take has the same thing that it boils down to. Maybe it's the bhakti way. Maybe it's a more critical way. Like recently, I've been following a lot about Taoism. Taoism, as some nice. some some people pronounce. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Taoism. Taoism, um, bad bro. That's like that's <laughs> about all I know. Uh, uh, Taoism translates roughly to the way of the flow. Taoism, so, yeah. Buddhism, Hinduism, and yeah. Jainism, yeah. they all fall under one umbrella. Yes, I yeah. agree with that. Except what, what, how would you describe that umbrella? Um, they all simply fall under the same. Freaks who don't eat they believe in go here. <laughs> People who <laughs> like pizza, stay here. <laughs> they believe in, I believe, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. in reincarnation, in, yeah. in the concepts of karma, yeah. karma. Yeah. And they believe in meditation yeah. above everything. Definitely. They really go within. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, so, I like I just you know that capture like you know as a guitarist like flow is something you know everyone talks about it but nobody knows what it really is you know it's okay. just like when you're playing music sometimes you just like stop thinking and then you get into this and then I I, I saw an audio book on YouTube mm. and uh, it was Taoism and like it's basically the entire religion is one book it's called Tao Te Ching and uh, really yeah wow. it's literally just like this one writer nobody knows if that writer is real or like it's a pen name or it was just like oh. you know a collection of ideas. Okay. And then it's just like a bunch of stories that describe, you know, like stuff. It's just like random like phrases. But then when you read the whole thing, you're like, you know, that makes you think. Yeah. And I always was in the philosophy that, you know, each religion forms one piece of the puzzle, maybe from a different time. You know, like maybe first there was this religion and that reflected the time and then later it evolved into this. So you have to look. But you find these tangents that connect many religions, right? Yeah. From like the same point, like you know, it comes the bhakti thing is very widespread, and it's like I don't want to name any religions because I'm 
completely not the right person to speak about this, but that tangent of loving God seems to carry forward in a lot of modern day religions, like, you know, yeah. uh, more monotheistic religions, right? But in other, these, you know, Taoism, like Advaita, Advaita philosophy, yeah. and like the Vedic religions, Buddhism, Buddha, Buddha was like a huge meditator. Woke dude. Woke as hell. He was like literally the enlightened one, right? Yep. And uh, so like all of these religions follow a different tangent where it focuses yeah. more on the self and it focuses more about, you know, dualism and non-dualism and all that stuff. And I feel like yoga like predates all of this as well. Like, you know, in a sense that your body is an antenna and then you're like sort of harnessing the information of everything within yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's like one of the ways to do it. Yeah. And what do you have to say about like- I find from my experience, uh, yeah. first getting into yoga and asana to asana, that led me to get into this path. Yeah. It's different for everyone else. Yeah. But uh, it all works together, your body, mind, and spirit. Yeah. So you do enough of asana and you're just going to fall into the same. What is asana? We can't that topic for the yeah. past. Asana minutes. literally means pose. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. yoga, asanas are yoga poses. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I thought it's like a well, subdivision of asana. Yeah, yeah. So asana, you did asana for four years, you did yoga. You turned it as two different things. What's yeah. the difference? Because yoga is a very broad concept. So it's all like breathing and stuff. Asana is just moving the body. Yeah. Pranayama is... Asana. not just the breath but yeah. working with the pranas but breath yeah. mainly yeah. yeah yeah fair enough I, and this brings me to like the topic that i really want to get into tell me what's prana and like describe oh, okay like you know more about it you can prana. Add on to this. mention it like five <laughs> <times>. <laughs> yeah prana is, is my job <laughs> put the fan on yeah <laughs> uh no prana is um yeah. it's our life force yeah it's our fuel of life yeah, life mm -hmm. force. It's not something that we can see, like blood. Yeah, it's it's within us. Um, it's what makes us move. It's prana is regulated by the breath. Mm -hmm. By again, prana is not just uh, what you take breath. in from yeah. from the breath. It's what you see. It's what you hear through all your senses of perception. Whatever you take in is prana. It's life. It's energy. Um, so, so regulating that, yeah. mastering the control of that, and yeah, that's it's a good thing, I guess. Fair enough. So, uh, how do you manifest? I mean, not manifest it, basically control it. What do you learn about pranayama? Yeah, pranayama literally means extension of the life force. Prana yama yeah. is extension, so extending your life force. Pranayama is very well known as breathing exercises. Yeah. So there's only breathing exercise you can do before, after, before, preferably after yoga. So the whole point of yoga, of asana, of moving your body, yeah. the whole reason to practice yoga is to get into a meditative posture. Okay. It's preparing the body for meditation. Okay. Yeah. That's the whole idea of why we do yoga. I do it to get flexible. Like, yeah, I'm sure. like, I'm like, like I touch hand to feet. <laughs> that's a plus, sure. But the whole yeah. point of yoga is to get into a meditation posture, hit pose. So you can sit for like hours and not feel pain in your back, in your knees, in your legs. Yeah. Okay. Why? Because you practice yoga, you've prepared your body mm -hmm. for meditation, for dhyana. Okay. Yeah. Dhyana? Dhyana is meditation. Okay. So Patanjali's yoga sutras, mm -hmm. there's yama, niyama, different concepts which I can talk about maybe later. 
Wait, are they all different types of meditation or? No, just concepts in okay. general. Concepts like revolving meditation. So, Patanjali's eight yeah. limbs of yoga are yama and niyama, which is social discipline yeah. and self-discipline before asana and pranayama. Okay. After that is dharana, concentration, dhyana, meditation, and samadhi. Just you reach the you reach the top, <laughs> like you're at the top. Fair yes. enough. Fair yeah. enough. What 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 happens at the top? Uh, you're just in control. You're well balanced. Okay. You know all those rishis and stuff like yeah. they they say they reach samadhi. They just like yeah. do they die? Do they not die? Like what's the deal? You don't have to die at samadhi. No. So they said yeah. this dude reach samadhi like. And I don't understand. Like this kind of pisses me off, right? Like my mom has used yeah. this term offhand. She's like, "Yeah, yeah this Samadhi. Swami went to Samadhi. Samadhi." I'm like, "He had a heart attack." Samadhi literally translates to "sama" is even or balanced, and "dhi" is the mind. Okay. So balanced mind. mind. Yeah. We touched on how people project ideas, thoughts, yeah. and you know, as humans, if you've trained yourself and your antennas to pick up those signals that you can mm-hmm. and these are these books that i've written and these are just wild theories but apparently like you know when you think certain thoughts in your the moment you can't control it they're being projected whether you like it or not like yeah. only those trained antennas can pick it up and these rishis used to look at people in their eyes and see like small yeah, the smallest yeah. things in your eyes you know yeah. and take that and pick up those signals and they could just yeah. gauge what you were thinking yeah. and that's so, an absolute mindfuck like you when know you think about what's it. a real mindfuck uh, i don't know if you guys have heard of this guy called Ed- edgar casey no no so basically he was a channeler is the term he was given but uh, it's insane like the cia did a bunch of shit with him like you know they had him like you know as a consultant basically and he'd mm. basically do some chale- channeling right and then he'd go into other people's bodies like not this time like he'd go into the body of like I think he was the reincarnation of an Egyptian priest mm-hmm. and then he'd give predictions based on that and it's also some mad stuff like and he said like I was watching a video last night and basically this is such woo like you know I don't yeah. know whether I should believe it or not but it's weird um so like he was saying that uh, there's going to be a chamber of information or what not you mm-hmm. know being discovered what not but the craziest thing about this guy is that Buzz Aldrin when he was coming back from the moon mission yeah. right he was trying to get a channeler i don't know if it was, it was edgar casey or it was somebody like him yeah. but he was basically like he had some symbols and stuff and he was trying to see if that guy could pick it up on earth mm. and i think he did but this is like you know absolute mindfuck absolute mindfuck and also it's like not from reliable sources <laughs> i don't know if i should <laughs> trust it. that's one of those things right like there's nothing it just comes out of seeing if it's seeing is believing and exactly shit. yeah so mm. you know like i'd imagine that that has something to do with like yogis and like you know this yeah. sort of meditative powers you know like powers of the mind yeah like have you heard of anything i've come across uh, something in the last one year yeah uh there's this guru in india mm-hmm. i joined a group of a, a friend who was really um involved with them yeah i joined them for some meditation and he i've never experienced these before but siddha energies have you heard of them they're I don't know what they are exactly, but they're Siddha energies, they're supernatural. Yeah. And I was meditating while this guru's in India, mm-hmm. sending his energies um, to you, to me while I'm meditating. Yeah. And do you feel a couple of times I was uncontrollably swing. No Whoa. Way. Yeah. 
this didn't happen once, just yeah. once. It yeah. happened over a few days. Wow. Yeah. Um, I backed off. I'm like, this yeah. is getting too much, maybe. Maybe this yeah. is, like, a bit too much. Actually, it, it got too much, I feel. Yeah. And then I decided to try again last week, two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, just a short three-day meditation. Mm-hmm. Wait, continuous three days? Or uh, just meditating? All just meditating from 10, 10 o'clock to 10.30 every day. For wow. two days, for three yeah. days. Yeah. So same thing, I could feel... 12 hours? Close. No, half an hour. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, same thing, he yeah. was transmitting these Siddha energies and yeah. I could feel it. Yeah. And during yeah. these, you feel different, you feel good around yeah. these times and things happen in your life and you look at everything as a blessing. Yeah. And you notice some changes. Yeah. But again, I just decided to maybe not too deep into it. Yeah. So I took a step back again. Yeah. Was it like overwhelming? I, maybe not the right word. No. It, it was wasn't overwhelming because I believed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So, um, to people who want to practice yoga, want to get them in, right? How would you recommend that they start? What do you think should be an initial goal that they should have in mind, and what should people What's work towards? Yeah. Like if you can just share so a little about life, that's asana. <laughs> Or yo- yo- like yeah, whatever, whatever you yeah, wanted yeah. to be, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, whatever you wanted to be. The whole track, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like, I, I do I, Surya Namaskar like in the mornings and shit. And yeah. that's and I do some like base level things. And then I quote and then I go fucking shout. That's, yeah, that's I started a, my journey sense. with 30 day YouTube challenge by Adrienne. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30 days, I was in my room. I locked my door because I don't want anyone looking at me like doing yoga. What the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. Uh, 30 minutes a day, okay. very easy, basic stuff. And that's what I use to get started into mm-hmm. yoga. And I've also convinced many friends and family to do it as well. Okay. And they're also on this new found love path. Yeah. So I can't recommend it enough. Like time to time to take that up as a challenge. Yeah. I did this two week. 30 day challenge, 30 minutes okay, a day. Let's yeah. go. Easy, easy. easy. Easy, yeah, easy, yeah, definitely. Daksha, get your ass yeah. on it. Let's see. Yeah, I <laughs> dare you. I dare you. You know what? I'm gonna make him fucking log it. Let's see if this guy's got, got it in. God, I'm not Thirty no days. Now, now, we now we have two. Now we have two. So we're gonna yeah. watch. <laughs> Thirty days, bro. Just um, Thirty minutes accept, a day. What else you do? Do you accept? War zone. <laughs> Call of Duty War yeah. is a very big part of my life right oh, now. We can spend one hour on Pornhub a day. You can't spend one hour. Sorry, that's me. Oh uh, yeah. shit, 30 minutes, okay. So yeah. what should people like, ha- like, okay, it's not just doing it, right? Like what's the ideal mental- mentality that could make people stick with it? Like obviously this differs, like people's goals are different, but like what's something in common that could drive people to, you know, continue doing yoga? Man, this do you, energy seems do you, like a big do you want to feel? <laughs> do you want to feel good? Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. want to feel better about yourself? Yeah. Okay. You know, Try it, it. it's really interesting that, that uh, what do you say, that, as, let, as an argument, you know, I don't strictly believe this, yeah. but there's a lot of uh, research done, like I keep bringing this up, I'm not going to talk about David Nutt. I swear to God, if that happened one more time, <laughs> he's asked. <yeah. laughs> he opened the floodgate. Now he's basically the research who put a bunch of people on uh, acid and uh, like in MRI machines and studied their brainwave wow. patterns. Nice. Yeah, and there was like other research, similar research done, and it was like people who are in a meditative state ex- exhibit similar neurochemistry. Like, you know, their neurons would be firing in ways yeah. similar to drugs. I mean, not drugs, psychedelics. Obviously, drugs are a very bad term to use also. in this term. So, like, um, when you say that argument, like, you know, feel good, you want to do this. 
for a lot of people in today's age, it feels like psychedelics are a serious shortcut. Mm-hmm. You know, like the stuff that yogis would do, meditate for so long. And I want to bring one more thing up, like in terms of this argument. Very recently, in the last like five, ten years, it's been discovered that in mammals, DMT is produced in like the body. Yeah, the frog, right? Yeah, frog or uh, rats as well mm-hmm. in the pineal gland. And, um, you know, it's theorized that DMT is released when you dream and when you reach these states of, you know, uh, highness, not highness. Oh, higher you, consciousness. Higher consciousness, uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. So Different levels of consciousness. Yeah. And uh, when people do DMT trips, like that's literally the main, you know, yeah. you're like, there's more out there. There's definitely other things out there, like higher dimensions, maybe yeah. like, you know, all that stuff. So like, is the goal of yoga to basically... It seems like, to, uh, from a layman observer, some people might argue, I don't know if I believe what I believe yet, yeah. but some people could argue that the goal of yoga and all like the meditation and the stuff is basically to just get enough DMT in your system to have that experience. That could be a goal. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a goal. Fair. Uh, 100% that all these substances that you, I mean, I, I enjoy smoking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm starting to slowly realize and understand yeah. that my body is capable, my brain is capable of creating everything within. within. Yeah, I don't 100%. even need anything. That's else. what that's what Sadhguru just exactly. said. Right? That's like what I'm permanently. I'm yeah, always in the state of theory. euphoria. Yeah, exactly. like he, he, he doesn't need me. But yeah, but Sadhguru like, also said that Shiva is an alien, bro. So I don't know. <laughs> like I mean, between yeah. between you and me, I feel like yeah. that's a shortcut I'm willing to take. A lot of these perspectives are also acquired over a lifetime of hard work. Oh, you yeah. Know? And, and so it's very ingrained. Exactly. It's not know? something that just comes. You yeah. have to really work hard. No, and also, like, once you get there, yeah. if it is questioned by another one, you get defensive because you've worked so hard to get there. And exactly. And then you're just, like, you know... You're, like, you're rooted in that. That's, that's, that's questioned by someone else. No, for example, uh, imagine a scientist, right, mm. was, like, working his entire life on a concept, right? For example, string theory. And suddenly, at the end of the day, in 50 years... Like, the guy's still alive, presumably, like, you know, just for example. It, it comes to be, obviously, this is the worst example, not string theory. Let's say the earth is flat. At some yeah. point of time, people believe the earth is flat. And mm-hmm. that guy spent his entire life trying to prove that the earth is flat. It's his belief. He was entitled to that belief. Mm-hmm. But then when it was discovered that the earth is round, this guy, like, you know, and somebody, or like, before it was discovered that the earth was round, somebody was like, the earth is round. And this guy was yeah. like, nah, you know, I've spent my entire life doing this. Um, you know, chasing yeah. this discovery, it becomes like abnormal that another belief could be possible. Yeah. So yeah. that's one idea. Another thing is the whole point. It's all about the journey. Hundred percent. It's not yeah. about reaching anywhere. That, at the end. I believe that. So that's true. you could say yeah. that from this, from that perspective. Yeah. For me, like for whatever it's worth, like I started seriously considering spirituality. Like up until very recently, I think uh, until a year ago, that's when like that concept came in, yeah. and I was I was uh, agnostic then. Like like the trajectory was yeah, I, I don't like I don't believe in this shit, and I don't care until like actually yeah a year ago where I was like hey maybe I want to find something to believe in again. Like you yeah. know until then I thought the belief was strictly a specific. You if you had to believe in something, it had to be on a god or usually god we, or something we wait for some shit to hit the fan in our lives something drastic to happen to yeah. us yeah before we start looking and start going deeper absolutely and I, I, I it's like know. a catalyst it's a catalyst at the end yeah. of the day it's a, it's, a, it's you don't a, it you don't need it to happen yeah, but but it helps it, it, yeah it's it just one of those things yeah, it helps you yeah. like you can get that woke yeah. for no reason like could right be, could be a relationship could, could be health yeah. could be something with family could yeah. be your career yeah minus minus purely like you said I have nothing that was going wrong in my life and 
you know yeah. i just decided to say that hey i can see certain people have gotten answers from this and yeah. you know it's not as i thought that you had to put all those eggs into one basket of a certain yeah. religion or a deity or whatever like you mm-hmm. know it's just the concept of believing once again which yeah. for me it wasn't for me i was in a very like limbo state where i didn't believe in much like if you ask me what do you believe in i'd be like i don't fucking know yeah. right now it's changed to you know what do you believe in myself like you know i believe in certain doing certain things i believe in certain people and their yeah. ability yeah. to do good yeah. and i want to follow good, those this is a good starting point yeah good foundation like, to have that yeah. at least it seems like my my journey take you somewhere else yeah, yeah. um like sorry for interrupting no, no. but um i feel like you know i'm different away like you know like different from that perspective for me it was just like i don't know shit <laughs> like you know i don't know shit and anyone who had speak to like regarding of like why am i here yeah. you know why is the earth like fucking floating through space and like the answers i would get was it didn't satisfy me enough it was like you know yeah okay yeah but what about this and you know yeah. like how did we come about you know was like are we the only ones yeah. read sapiens and yeah. what a book <laughs> exactly and there's so many oh sapiens yeah. why uh yuval noah harari it's a beautiful yeah. read, have you read yeah. it no no no, 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 no. i think i've heard of it it's beautiful a book that talks yeah. about everything like yeah. our evolution from like yeah. 10 20 50 100,000 years ago yeah. how everything's played out beautiful book yeah uh, but yeah it just became a point where like there's so many unanswered questions in my life like in terms of near death experiences the the co- the co- incidents that near death experience people like people have experienced that and people who have done DMT people who have had like you know insane amounts of psychedelics and reached a certain point they have like tangents and i was like how the hell is that even possible and like the craziest thing that really you know sparked a fire in my brain was the similarity between dimethyltryptamine DMT uh, psilocybin and serotonin melanin all these yeah. hormones like mm-hmm. they all sister chemicals so like mm-hmm. as the chemical engineer will attest uh, if you have one like getting the other one is not so much of a stretch you know yeah, there's only okay. certain things that you have to do to attach the extra carbon or fucking benzene or not benzene just <laughs> different basically yeah. just add, adding subtracting exactly. carbon atoms at the end of the yeah. and so like you know and there's so many unanswered questions that i decided to like you know go back in time because it seems like the yogis and the vedas and all this stuff predate civilization as we know it today which mm-hmm. has lost most of these answers yeah but you still find right for example like you don't have to take it again it comes down to you wanting to have like some direction on something but you're getting that direction with multiple points of view and you're shaping that on your own like there's no one telling like yeah you're listening to someone telling you to go left you're listening to someone telling you to go right and then yeah. you decide to go fucking diagonal like yeah. you know for exactly. whatever but it helps you make that decision yeah. so in a 100%. way you're still getting a shit answer 100%. which yeah the thing is i tried doing the same too like for me it was out of the blue like it was just more like um like when you're in college right you're on a you're at a point where you're doing things because it's just the way it's it's more like standing in a travelator which is moving on to when you're standing there yeah. right yeah. once you get once you're about to get down you need to figure out where you're going there's no more travelator you need to walk yeah. right and you need to find that path and that struck me towards the end of college yeah. right and uh, you th- that's what this whole thing kicked in i can relate kind of yeah. i've been reading the bhagavad gita yeah different versions there's the bhagavad gita as it is mm-hmm. it says as it is because it's actual literal translation uh-huh. and then does that mean it's actually as it is just because it says as you it don't is. know right yeah, like, like, just because it says words. as it is there's a lot of words that you can't directly translate yeah and the word definitions are there but then the translation yeah. exactly. of all those words put together the lost in translation is such a, a huge you put the words together 
can mean something else to some someone person. Yep. One, one person and someone yep. else can yep. interpret it very differently. Yep. That whole bunch, yep. the stanza, yep. uh, a verse of the Gita. So I, I read, I'm reading that alongside another Gita by Swami Chinmayananda from mm-hmm. this Chinmaya mission. Yeah. And just seeing the differences. And I realized from ISKCON, from as it is, the words they use are very judgmental sometimes. They call, um, they call people, I don't know, it's just like, there's a lot of judgment towards other people. Yeah. Okay. But, and like, it's so good that you're doing it because I, I literally haven't heard of anyone else. I mean, I'm just thinking if I have, but like, nobody significant that I know has read the same text twice in two different translations. And it's something that we need to do for the news. Yeah. Like you've got to do it everywhere. Yeah, you've got to have that you've got to have that perspective to yeah. be open enough to accept information from different yeah. places. Bhagavad Gita as it is yeah. calls everyone unintelligent who is not Krishna conscious. Who is who is not all about yeah. Krishna. Offended. Who is not Krishna conscious. Triggered. Yeah. I'm a Karen. Trigger. I'm a Karen. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And other yeah. books, I mean, the only one other book that I'm reading, there's no judgment and accusations or pointing yeah. fingers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it literally comes down to, like, you know, the person who is translating and the person who is reading. Because the person who is translating might be doing his best, you know, yeah. to give an unbiased translation. But then there might be another person who translates who, it, and, yeah, who has bias, a bias. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then he that bias gets reflected in the person who is reading who thinks that the person who translated it was yeah. unbiased. And I think that's where, like, religion as a concept seems to break down. Because it's like, you know, it's mainly word of mouth. It's mainly translations. It's mainly... Perspective. That's imposed. Exactly. Perspective. I mean, I wouldn't say it's predominantly perspective imposed because a lot of people try to be unbiased and, like, you know, like, good ones. But then when, like, you consider the machine that is religion when it comes to donations and, like, you know, so many people flocking to Tirupati and all that stuff. Yeah. There's only so much unbiased that you can do, man. Like, yeah. you know, when you're catering to such a wide audience. Yeah, look, it's the whole it's world. It's a business. It's like the whole yeah. world is on it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's insane. And this actually, you know, we use the word agnostic a lot. And um, so I just wanted to bring, this ties in with the concept of Gnosticism. Have you guys heard of it? Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, fuck. It's one of those, um, like the early texts. It's not nothing like to do with so, theism or... It's something uh, to do no. with like the so, early... Disciples of Christ or some shit? Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, so basically, uh, Gnosticism, which I think, I might oh, be wrong. Yeah, the un- the unfound texts of yeah, yeah, yeah. those four, yeah. uh, what do you call, uh, apostles of Christ, right? Yeah. Like four of them had like a book that literally yeah. said something completely it's different insane. from mainstream really? Bible. It is unbelievable. <laughs> so Gnosticism is a sect of belief. I wouldn't say it's a sect of Christianity because it doesn't really share the same ideas. <laughs> mm-hmm. But most of the information that we have about Gnostics comes from the priests who were just roasting Gnostics. And they were... Right, they were fucking right. You know, like the Gnostics were against the church. They were like, you know, this is complete bullshit yeah. and all that stuff. And so agnosticism, I think, comes from the word gnosticism. I could be wrong, but it makes total sense. Like, you know, I know both. It makes sense. Terms. Yeah. Yeah. And so gnosticism is like they believe in like a higher power, but they do not believe in the church. And so how we know about gnosticism, our best record about this comes from two different texts. One was found in the Nag Hammadi village i don't know nagamadi is a place mm-hmm. and um, the other was near the red sea there's yeah. red sea or dead sea one of the two okay. but so basically these were like time capsules it was like untouched you know preserved like scrolls right and uh, dead sea scrolls dead sea yeah. scrolls 
and people were literal scrolls and that they needed to be translated and stuff but they were written in coptic which was in ancient egyptian language if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. and so obviously like you know it's insane like you know and and basically these texts describe christ as somebody completely different and there's a guy, character called judas i don't know if it's the same judas that we hate yeah. or like you know the judas who betrayed christ but he portrays christ in a completely different way and he ties in with taoism and all these ancient vedic beliefs wow. Uh, wow. that go to belief in the self you know more than belief in christ gnosticism yeah gnosticism yeah. and uh, it's amazing the same thing that because of that because holding how true that may be that yeah. just ties into how we really talked about how a lot of these so called religions or these constructs yeah kind of lead back to one path because the sumi theory is talking about how jesus might have actually lived in india like you know how mm-hmm. he was he apparently was nepal, around was like huh nepal maybe 12 don't fucking know yeah. hey, he apparently went to the himalayas and yeah, shit yeah, yeah, yeah. like apparently he was now you know, we have the internet so he's everywhere <laughs> like it's like it's like it's like he was there jesus he was in and around jerusalem till yeah. he was like a young boy and then yeah. he dipped and then yeah. came back <laughs> yeah. and the time that he dipped apparently he went on to the himalayas to yeah. learn about like he became wow. like a yogi yeah. right and took a lot from yeah. santana dharma not yeah. fucking hinduism or whatever yeah. but like and he a lot of his inspiration might would have come from there and you know how yeah, there's a lot of this other cons- <laughs> like these are yeah. conspiracy theories Amazing. which the catholic yeah. church would snap slip my nuts yeah. off for like <laughs> trying to propagate like, but it's so crazy that this theory exists first time i'm hearing of it it sounds really interesting yeah oh you should read there's a book called when like yeah. jesus lived in india that's a yeah. full you know yeah. it's amazing that something like this exists because uh um, that's it like <laughs> shit what was i going to say but basically tying into the gnosticism thing it it describes jesus as like you know like a normal guy and like science you know it itself has like blatant um, you know unanswered questions and that unanswered questions could be full of faith you know tying back to the modern day religion versus mm. faith thing like the double slit experiment like nobody knows why like the while you observe it you know it's sometimes a particle sometimes a wave like the light from the thing and you know you could fill in the blanks with some faith mm. you know in a sense i don't know maybe <laughs> i mean i guess at the end of the yeah. day you got to do what works out for you yeah exactly. like see we we did spend some time on this podcast talking yeah. about different things but by no means are any do we say that you know hey this works and this doesn't yeah, work yeah 100% you've got to do what works for you but just there's so many options exactly just like, understand that that there are options like if you ever yeah. feel like you know you're alone or you don't find a certain direction just understand that there are ways there are roots there just are paths Google it. you ask find like 10 yeah. people with the same it. fucking yeah, thing just ask questions just yeah. keep asking questions yeah. and keep your mind open find yeah. something if and if something if you find something and it works you absolutely brilliant exactly. like i'm happy for you and yeah. that's the whole point of this we wanted to have this podcast to kind of just showcase how chand the scene like you know at least in one way in this sense, experienced like, it has like experienced like sides. different sides and yeah. has chosen like a mix of both or just sure. one right now, like that, yeah. you've Mix let both, yeah. you've, you've let different things influence your you know your 100%. thoughts and it's not just one thing having an impact or yeah. one side so you know we really hope you guys have gotten something from that because yeah. you know and there's so much more to learn like what you've just yeah. shared like yeah. Yeah. into that and then also like we like all yeah. about that. I'm literally like, going to go home and like google siddha siddha siddhu energy siddha energy siddhu is about to come there siddhu is going to walk into that room siddha energy Definitely. Sudo energy. Def- yeah. <laughs> we have a friend. Yeah. We have a friend. I mean, we have a friend called. We have Sidhu. a friend called yeah. Sudo. 